Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Jason, uh, is your mic set on your AirPods or your Yeti? I don't know. I'm glad you asked. It, you know what? It's not even plugged in. <laughs> Figured. I was like, let me check. Thanks, producer Tom. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> How's this sound? <laughs> Let's oh, ask the it? audio guy that we pay. <laughs> okay. Well, see, I, I'm going to have to let you do it because I'm in no position to scold him right now. As he sits there in his littest producer in the game shirt, but Lie. not not pointing out to me that my my mic was not connected. Tell you knew the whole time so, that. But I'm the dummy that's have his bad. mic connected, so I can't. I can't. But you know why that's You'll fine, Jason? You know why that's fine? Because we have these these things called fail safes, where mm-hmm. we brought in a guy whose whole life's work is audio production to make sure we have mm-hmm. pristine audio. Mm-hmm. And it was me, the dipshit that doesn't do that for a living, that said, you know what, Jay? It sounds like you're on your AirPods. <laughs> nice. Nah, the audio guy. You sound like you're talking to us from another room, Jay. Uh, Tone, look, I, I don't want to start the show crapping on you. I love you. Nah, and we're here now. I love him too, you, but we're here. Well, I mean, one time Russ and I tried to do some segments by ourselves and did two of them and realized that we hadn't hit record. So those segments were just a private show for each of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's the deal? Are you like, is it because you're too nice? Because I think this has come up before with guests where you don't want to tell the guests that their audio is bad. Like, are you, is it that you're too nice that you don't want to tell me that my audio is bad? Or are you like afraid of how I'm going to react? That's to a really important part of your job. No bull. Uh, I don't know. 
I just missed it. If it was just, I just missed it this time, cool. Mm-hmm. But, bro, that man sounded like he was in a, t- a Campbell soup can. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so much that it's one of these other things, that it's more of a psychological, you know, I don't want to make Jason mad or I'm non-confrontational as opposed to I, I couldn't tell. I didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Please tell me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got you. You're not telling me. You're not answering the question. <laughs> he's he's wearing his littest producer in the game shirt, which nah, take reminds me. I should put it on. This is not no. This isn't OnlyFans. I should put it on. Um, it just registered. That's it's a okay by you, sir. Yeah, it's okay. Is it mine on the delay or something? Or, or maybe you are. <laughs> It's been a long, it's a long day, man. I bet it is. You were kind of, you were, you were mad at me because, uh, well, not mad at me, but you didn't like that uh, we were gonna have to record at eight thirty tonight. You wanted to go earlier. Yeah, dog. Which is the best I could do. We'll just have our staff meeting on the air like we always do. <laughs> um, this is the best I could do this time of year with, with uh, training camp taking up all day. But what's, what's going on? Are you like? You had plans you wanted to get to, or are you trying to get you getting to bed earlier, or? <laughs> Not it's usually eight thirty. You'd be like, "All right, that's not bad." The baseball season low key kicking my ass. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> also, <laughs> um, also, uh, when you were out, Tone and I was getting in this joint at like four thirty. In and out, is that possible? I'm being facetious, kind of, but like we were getting in here at like six thirty. Yeah, Tone, six thirty. Oh, okay. Yes, and then yeah. we were recording, yeah. and then we had the rest of the night free. And like okay, yeah. after three weeks of that, and you go back to the old eight thirties, it's like ah. <laughs> well, we've had all this like ever since we started this. You and I have had trouble matching up our schedules to do this at a normal time. And there For was the first a time, year, even yeah. still now a little bit. I mean, especially like in the summer, I would love to be doing this um, like two in the afternoon. And I yes. think we, I think we might have uh, one of the weeks that you were out. We might have done that once or twice while you were out, even. Um, but you can't do that because you work during the day. And I mean, we had, I mean, there was a time when we started this where you were a baseball beat writer, which right. is, I, I laugh because I know what that schedule is. And at that point, you would have been like ecstatic to knock one of these out at 830 instead oh, for of 12, sure. <laughs> midnight, you know, like we've, we've done, yo, in the beginning we were doing like midnight, midnight mm-hmm. cast was a thing. We were doing 1030. Yep. That was a thing. We were doing the random, all right, we got 6 o'clock, everybody's free, let's do that. Um, we were doing the 10 a.m. cast. I think we might have even gotten before, yeah. That was I think we did the 8.30. Like, that would end up being the topic of pissed. the show. That was we're pissed. all kind of like, wow, this, is, <laughs> yes. this is what the morning looks like? This is crazy. <laughs> no, it was rough. I was talking to my kids the other day, and I was trying to, like, I I mostly have a pretty good temperament dealing with my kids i think i i think i have a lot of restraint i think i show a lot of understanding in my parenting in a way that uh, more so than my parents did and not that my parents were you know insanely harsh or strict but i think this probably happens every generation my parents were probably a little more like connected and conscientious of us than their parents were but i was trying to tell i was trying to explain some of my like i i had, i'd had a bad few days with them where i was just really on them about everything which tony thinks that's impossible to happen with his beautiful sweet soon to be born childhood child but uh, you will see sir you will see how easy it is to get mad at a child 
Um, but I was trying to like, I, I was apologetic. That's where you start. You start with, and I think that's important in parenting is when you do something wrong, you have to tell them because mm-hmm. they will kind of live their life thinking like, well, dad's never wrong. Mom's never wrong. So like if they did that, if they reacted that way, it must've been my fault. Um, and you don't want that. You want to mm-hmm. validate for them that like, Hey, if that felt messed up to you, the way I reacted, it's cause it was. That was messed up. But I was trying to explain mm-hmm. to them. I'm like, look, guys, here's here's the deal. Like, here's part of what was at play here is, you know, I'm not really like my best self first thing in the morning. When I'm mm-hmm. getting up in the morning, like, I can't really tolerate much. And I got to rise above this, I know. But I can't really tolerate a bunch of noise, a bunch of demands, a bunch of fighting or messes or whatever. Like, I'm really not in the mood for that in the morning. But then I was also like, you know, guys, I'm really not that patient at night when you should be in bed and it should be. <laughs> so it's like, when is the time where you're going to like probably Yo, the time where I'm at work? If you catch me at 130, I'm a little bit more tolerable to all the things that go on. Throughout <laughs> right. The day. right. Listen, the window for where I'm going to do a good job being your dad is probably about one to four. It's like a delivery <laughs> when they give you that window. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Be all between catch one and four. One four. Right. It'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the last few weeks of Bears training camp, I've been, I've been back at work, and it's it's a weird schedule. Sports writers have this, um, teachers have this. I'm sure there's other jobs where it's like everything kind of shuts down for a period. You have an extended break at a specific time of the year, and then you have to deal with the adjustment of going back. And part of that is adjusting to having a routine at all for me. Like I've I've been you know, you know what you know you know what it sounds like Jason yeah sounds like you uh, need to get back on schedule mm-hmm. that's what I hear mm-hmm. right I should have mm-hmm. been I should have been Tell doing them, this Tom. I should have started like mm-hmm. back around July fourth right. Yep. Yeah, we should tell Anna and Grace. Hey, make sure you tell your dad. Yeah. Hey, tell your like daddy you. get back on schedule. <laughs> yeah, get back on right. schedule. <laughs> yeah, but I've been I I'm not I I needed to. You're right because I have not just shown up ready and I've been like. I've been doing all kinds of dumb things like forgetting my lunch or not waking up early enough. And uh, I'm like, scram- I'm every single day, it's like I'm scrambling to get out the door on time. Man, you yeah. showing up to camp out of shape? Yeah. You're supposed to be in best shape Man. of your life. Yeah. Especially at this age, you, you're a seasoned veteran. <laughs> they signed a dude you know? like you. They did. They just signed Mercedes Lewis, who is my age. I love anytime they bring in somebody that's my age. Like a couple of years ago, it was Jason Peters, mm-hmm. and it's like as soon as he walks, the, the former former head coach of the Bears, right? For like a week, <laughs> he was giving injury reports. And he's like, you know, he didn't say this, but I'm sure in his mind it was like, what's Neggy gonna do to me? <laughs> but it was it was fun because it's like, oh, there's a guy here that, like. Actually, he's older than me, I believe. I think Jason Peters is like 43 or something. Jason Peters, who started in the NFL last year, by the way. Um, but it was, it's like, oh, the, this is, this is going to sound more condescending than I mean it to. But like, oh, there's an adult here. As mm-hmm. opposed to like, you know, a 22, 23-year-old that I, I'm just going to, it's going to take a little bit more of a bridge to connect with and to, like, we do live in different worlds. Mercedes Lewis, you know, he remembers what N64 is, for example. So it was good to have him in the building and like, it just was a totally different vibe to the press conference when he talked. It was so relaxed. It was so like at ease with everything, like not bothered by any question, not bothered by any part of his job. 
It's like, hey, I've been doing this an entire person's lifetime at this point. You know, 18 <laughs> seasons, I think, if he plays this year. Um, so that's always refreshing to me. Robert Quinn was like that, even though <laughs> hard to believe, but Robert Quinn is actually younger than me. <laughs> Mercedes Lewis, I remember when he was like a dog in like Jacksonville Big when dog. I was a kid. And then he's been in the league forever. Nah, and, he was and, okay. But like for the Jacksonville at the time, he was like mm-hmm. the man. But he wasn't like Jimmy Graham in New Orleans. You know and, and I mean? I'm, only, I'm, only, I'm only doing this because I, I had so much hope in Mercedes Lewis playing fantasy football as a young man. Ah, okay. Always okay. failed me. Yeah, Always like, failed me. He's not wrong, though, because it's odd. It's unusual to play this long, to be going into your 18th season, unless you're a punter, kicker, or long snapper, a quarterback, one of those positions. It's unusual to be playing this long if you've never really been like a star star. Mm-hmm. Jason Peters played two decades, but there was a run where Jason Peters was the best mm-hmm. in his position. Mm-hmm. Mercedes Lewis made a Pro Bowl in like 2010 or something, I think, for Jacksonville. Yep. But other than that, it's mostly he's been he's just been you know good. Good he's enough good. to stay in stay in the NFL. Both and good, good good locker room guy, great blocker. Right, but the league yeah. is set up to cycle a guy like that out and replace him with a cheap third-round pick. Mm-hmm. But he hangs on, and he's back again. He's back again, man. <laughs> one of the things I was going to say, though, is one of the adjustments is like driving again, commuting again, which I, a lot of people do every day. They're probably doing that while they listen to this. And like, how how um hmm. how vindictive are you to like? Offenses on the road, like people cutting you off. You're not getting back over. Yeah. <laughs> that if that answers the question, I think you you're picking up what I'm putting down. It's like, don't let us try to be getting off at the same place because you're not getting in front of me. Sorry, I'll let eight people get in front of you, but not you. I will always see people driving, you know, 110 or something like that on the tollway. I don't have a radar gun, but that's a good guess. If I'm driving 80 and you're just blowing me away, I'm guessing you're going 110. And I do, I, I'm not going to call that in. I'm not going to, like, call the highway patrol or anything. I never would do that. But I am sitting there like, where's a cop pulling that guy over when you, like, like because you know I'm going to get pulled over for going, like, nine over sometime. Mm-hmm. And I'm that always goes. like, man, how come that person's not getting it? I'm, uh, I'm a super gracious and defensive driver. Like, my wife will tell you, like, rarely, rarely stuff bothers me on the road. Uh, because more important than me being right in the situation where I know, like, I will be justified in court is not actually having to go to court is the better option. So I would rather somebody go past me. I would rather them go around me. Like, I'm, I'm not a slow driver or anything like that. I go with the flow of traffic. I speed up when I can. Uh, but yeah, I rather not go to court at all than be right in court i'm with you on that that's responsible i tell tell my kids all the time russ i tell my daughters like when you're out there riding your bikes if if you're not if somebody hits you it's not gonna really matter like whose fault it was to you you're you're gonna it's gonna be a bad situation no matter whose fault it is you'd rather like be the one paying attention and not have that happen all those things sound great 
You're absolutely <laughs> right. And that's how you should think as an adult. So I'm good for you. Gold star. There you go. We're, just, we're doing the uh, the old cast. I've just I've, <laughs> I've just told y'all I've I told y'all on here how sometimes I get in the car like not aggr- I don't drive aggressive. He waiting he waiting for somebody to pop off just to like John nah. Morant throw him through the window. See, no, no, because <laughs> at the end of the day you want to make it back home because you don't know who got what in the car too. They might have a bigger glizzy. Want them to make it back home. Right? No, no, wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> they might have a bigger glizzy in the car, and then at that point. Now we're in a bad situation. But no, it's I'm a defensive driver. I take care of myself. I I am a good driver. I just think there's sometimes where you can't I you're not gonna hear it, but I'm gonna let you know how bad of a driver you are. <laughs> With the horn? No, I'm gonna just or... yell and scream and say words I don't want oh, to say in okay. front of my mom. Uh, with the windows up though. <laughs> With the windows up to yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, because once again, don't know who got the big glizzy in the car. That's, that's, that's what if right. what if what if they look over and see you aggressively mouthing something while staring at their vehicle? It's happened. It's happened. just acts like he's singing. If you're in the car and I know I can get away from it, like, no, I'm gonna let you know. You I, I'm not a gesturer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you can know that I'm cursing you out. Mm, yeah, be careful of that. What they see you through, do you got tents? No, I don't. Well, on the old car, no, I did not have tents. Maybe on the new, the new one. My kids have picked up some of the things that they hear me say while I'm driving. Where like someone will go speeding past us uh, on, on like normal roads, not the tollway or anything like that. And I won't even have to say it anymore. One of them will chime in from the back and say, "I bet we'll end up right next to that guy at the next stoplight." <laughs> That's something you would say. <laughs> it is. It is. I got my nine-year-old back there talking like a 40-year-old. Oh, let's start the show. Welcome to Sports Jason. I'm Jason Leisure with my co-host, Russ Dorsey. And we have the self-proclaimed littest producer in the game, Tony Gill. He's wearing his littest producer in the game. Tony, I have a t-shirt that I got when we were uh, with Homage that says, Love Thy Neighbor. And I realized when I wear that, I better because I'm going to look really stupid wearing that shirt, being a jerk to people. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. You get where I'm going with this? Or? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. You, you but I thought you were saying. You ain't saying. Tony Gill, the latest producer in the game, is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can yep. go to our link, sheetsgiggles.com slash SA, and get 23% off everything. You could go either way on the sheets at this point in the year. You could stick with the sheet set, and that's like for hot weather, but it's good all year. I, I would keep that on the bed year-round, except that my wife prefers the flannel boys, as Tony uh-huh. calls them, for the fall and winter. So we do switch it up to the flannels. You, you know what the mix-up? You know what you, you, We did the switch-up. So uh, we were washing the 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 previous set of Sheets and Giggles, and we realized, we're like, oh, no, we only got the the winner set of the Sheets and Giggles, the Flannel Boys. So what we did was Flannel Boy, no uh, blanket, just the Flannel Boy. No duvet. And it, yeah, no no duvet, just the Flannel Boy. And it felt nice. You get the the semi-warm, but it is since it's just the Flannel Boy, like the coolness still seeps get in through. there. Permeates. Yeah, seeps through. Okay. So yeah, I didn't know that. I was scared, but 
the flannel boys came through. You thought she was gonna be hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> boy, I thought he was gonna be hot under there. I thought for sure the boy was gonna be smelling like all types of swats and, and, oh, and whatnot. But no, not the case. He he sounds like he just learned like a scientific fact for the first time. Like I didn't know they could do that. Anyway, you can get whether whether you want whether you want the sheet set, silky smooth, hundred percent eucalyptus, or you want the flannel boys, or you want to mix and match like tone. Uh, you can get 23% off everything at sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Sports Jason is also brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to betmgm.com or download the BetMGM app. I'd probably recommend the app. Uh, and you can get this offer. Your first bet with BetMGM gets paid back in free betting credits up to $1,000 if you use promo code adjacent1000. And the NFL preseason games are underway. The NFL actual season will be getting yep. going uh, in September. So plenty yep. for you to bet on over at BetMGM. Just use promo code ADJACENT1000. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. We're going to bring back Are You a Real One today. Yeah. And Let's you go got to understand that the Are You a Real One guest, contestant, what do we want to call it? Big time guest. We get big guests. Some Wait, guy. No. No. We're going to come back and play Are You a Real One with uh, play-by-play phenom Legend. I mean. Legend. Local legend. National oh, legend. Oh, national legend. International legend. <laughs> Are you going to say <laughs> I said Adam I mean. Oh, you did? Uh, you said it so, you did, yeah, you said it you so enthusiastically. You said, you know. I mean, no, you right. got some speck on his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, well, I didn't mean Adam that. Amin. Act like this is the, act like you're the UFC. Yeah. yeah! Do that. Adam Amin is on the show today. Yeah. We're going to find yeah. out if he's Come a on, real man. That's, a, that's it. That's it, champ. He looks like he smells amazing. I, as somebody who has gotten close enough to smell Adam Amin, he usually does smell amazing. He smells great. I have hugged Adam Amin multiple times. Great hugger, by he the way. Off, I need off. y'all to know. Hey, hey. He in, in terms of sports some media, of the be- oh my he's God. like ranked number one hugger. Top five hugger really? in, in the yes. country, Adam Amin. Yeah. Hmm. And he means it, too. No, there's love. You know, right? Is I feel the love. There's love in the Adam Amin hugs. Clip this off tone because I need those streets to know that Adam Amin is the best hugger in sports media. (laughs) It's important. Adam Amin's a big time figure. I think people need to know that he's relatable. He's a hugger. He's gonna get hit up for a lot of hugs now, though. Yeah, don't, As he don't should. Be a handsome young man too. Uh, yeah, and handsome, but yeah, don't don't just go around asking. Like, if you don't know him, say just say hi. You know, <laughs> maybe he'll shake your hand, but don't be don't be walking up to people asking for hugs. That's weird. And he'll he's he's a I'll search you out for the hug type guy too. He's like if he'll see you from across the, the field or across the court, he's coming over there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that just means that he's a nice guy and a good hugger. That does not guarantee that he's a real one. Correct. We'll find out. Yeah. But it, it, I, even though it, it feels like it, it feels like it, but you never know. It's business time. Let's go. Let's get Adam Amin. All right. Adam Amin making his sports adjacent debut. The yeah. Bulls play-by-play guy for NBC Sports Chicago, where he works with Tony Gill. And yeah. national play-by-play man for Fox doing 
baseball and NFL. Do you do college football too? No, no, just the NFL okay. and uh, some some uh, minimal just college. Put some respect on his just, name, man. Man, but yeah, just him. The NCAA. <laughs> no, man. You was... <laughs> type of peasantry is that? Is this is this aggressive? Is this one glass of wine? Russian? This is, right now? is I just like this? hyping up my friends, Adam. I mean, <laughs> just the NFL. He says. Just the NFL. I don't know if between Russ and Adam. I don't know if we've had this much money on the podcast. All right, oh, get what? out of here, man. <laughs> All right. So we're not going to do out of here. First Oh, Adam has way more money than I do. If we, if we, I can't afford a ring light. All right, I got I got this harsh ass lighting in my room. All right, in my, in my nah, he trying right to now. throw he trying to throw people off the scent. I ain't buying that. <laughs> I'm not jacking that. Adam Adam is so wealthy he can like DJ around the city for fun. He's just like you know what. I love doing this. I'm just gonna do it, and then I'm gonna call your favorite team's game on Sunday. That's, that's, that's what's back there right now. See, it's my little office right here with all the equipment <laughs> and everything. They were going on and on, Adam, before you came on about uh, what a good hugger you are. I take a lot of pride in that. Admittedly. Well, I take a lot you, of pride in being a very good hugger. My nickname at one point, um, my football cruise was Huggy Bear, which was which was very okay. meaningful because that like cool. it wasn't just like oh it's like. It could be because it could be. Oh man, there's a fucking creepy guy that comes around and hugs people. That's not <laughs> like that could be. What well, the issue think, is, and, you know, and instead, it's, it's it's it became like. I, I, I'm always very prideful when someone goes, this guy gives a great hug. It makes me feel good. Yeah. And I was like, all right, that's the point. That's the point. All right, hug your people. All right, three years ago was tough. All right, it's yeah. tough. Yes. Have you read that thing? It's I'm, I'm, I think it's busted around Instagram and TikTok and all that. It's like uh, you need 12 hugs a day for growth, eight hugs a day for maintenance, like mental maintenance, and four a day for survival. Mm. That's that. That tells me a lot, man. Like human contact, mm. man, is important. Sounds like we need like a hug app. I, I, I mean, yeah. it seems like it. Like right. I just I, like I, Uber, I get... where somebody can just come give you yeah. a hug. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, only, I'm only at seven hey, today. I gotta get somebody. Give me a non. Could just come by and give me a non creepy hug, just real quick. I need. You know, <laughs> I, just need I need. I need some right. love here, man. Yeah, maybe that'll be the name of it. Non creepy hug. Non creepy that's hug. A, that's a, that's important. I seen I seen a video recently. I think it went viral for a little bit. Like this lady, she was like losing it because she's like, I haven't had human contact in like so many years like could somebody man. just give me a hug i was like oh man that's that, that's tough man that's, that's tough. tough yeah but you're not gonna do that tony no absolutely <laughs> but, but tony will accept a hug from me which, I, which yes. i'm always thankful for yes well i i have i have sampled an adam amin hug i got to meet adam uh for the first time a few Finally. weeks ago yeah the score yeah it's one of these things adam where it's like is i think this is especially true with social media and it became even more true in the pandemic in a way that it wasn't 15 years ago where you all you feel like you kind of know some of these people that you don't actually know especially yeah. like you know you and i run in some of the same circles we would have a lot of overlap in Very terms much. of friend groups and things like that so in a way it was like i feel like i should i should meet adam amin at some point and, That's what it and felt we never like. do at games because we're in complete opposite ends of the stadium. That's but the I one thing I to... don't like about Soldier Field. You guys are so far. You're on the opposite side and three floors higher than the TV booth. And even when I was doing national radio, the national radio booth is where the national TV booth is on the media deck. And you guys mm -hmm. are so far away. So it's not just that, oh, I don't get to see people. It's hard to get over there just to pop mm -hmm. into the press box and be like, 
here's Je- go see Jeff Joniak even like or go mm-hmm. see any of the beat writers or go see anybody who's out there from the TV stations or whatever like it just that's the one thing that sucks about you know I love doing home well, that's games. that's not I the love... one thing that sucks <laughs> that's about Soldier Field I, I, I love doing home games but man it like it's not as like I have to wait to see the Bears on the road to get to see everybody you know mm. so great broadcaster great hugger nice guy but is Adam Amin a real one? Let's find out. Man, this is... This is, this is Maybe this is, is a new segment. Maybe we bring somebody on and... and who is a real... And five minutes of finding out, we're just investigating. Real one. Are you a real one? Are you a real one? Nick Saban, head coach of the Dolphins. And... Real one. I... <laughs> yes. 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 The segment where we find out about your innermost being. You know, people lie. You know, they could say that they're a real one, but the evidence could say the otherwise, that they are not a real one. I sense real one traits here. So, are you a real one? Oh, no, baby. You're not a real one. That's what Tony does when he's not working at NBC Sports Chicago, Adam, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) That and doing all the voiceovers and everything like that. The voice voice of Chicago now. He, I love when he does those. I love when he does Same. those voiceovers for you guys. Um, he does them for Bulls. White, I've heard him do them for White Sox. Mm-hmm. And I always think, like, it's going to be a minute so, before I do it again. So <laughs> proud of Tony for doing that. How do we get that effort level and quality here where we also pay him? There you, you don't go. Answer to that. Don't you didn't, you didn't hear that? that? You didn't, you didn't hear that? Like, how do we do it? I, I yeah, Adam doesn't, have, Adam doesn't know either. I don't know. I need. I need Adam Amin, who could so broadcast. So he could do play great. by play for a water polo match. Fine, <laughs> but he doesn't have the answer to that. I've done one water polo match in my life, by the way. <laughs> I do. I want to hear a little bit about that. Actually, not necessarily water polo, but real quick before we start, like, give me just one good example or assignment or whatever. I everybody in sports media practically has something like this, where they start at the bottom. There are oh, very, sure. very few people. All the college kids think that, like, when they walk out, they're going to be at ESPN and the New York Times and all that stuff. And some, and some do, but very, very, very few. And it is, like, the TV people are the ones that have the best stories in my experience. I've had so many TV <laughs> friends where they're like, yeah, I started out covering, uh, you know, moose rodeos in Montana or something, whatever. Like, give me some assignment that Adam Amin got when he was first starting out or some posts that you had uh, like uh, like a, a place where you worked that, where you were covering something that you're like, I, this does not look like you know where I think I'm headed eventually. So my first full-time job out of college, uh, the summer after my senior year, I did, I did minor league baseball. Uh, that was like a second summer of an internship basically in Gary, Indiana, but then I needed a full-time gig. So I finally got one after a little while, of, you know, interviews, not a great time. Uh, 09 to try to get a job recession and everything like mm-hmm. that. I finally got a got an interview and I eventually got the job in a small town called Spirit Lake, Iowa. Worked at KUOO Radio. In fact, the KUOO means the University of Okaboji, not a real university, but that's like the the kind of mantra of the town. I got about 60 of these cups. I'll give you guys one. Um, so my job was the sports director. So I did the sports cast at 6 a.m., 10 a.m., noon, 5 p.m. I did all the broadcasts for basketball. I scheduled out all the other broadcasts for basketball, football, wrestling, uh, and, and performed on those as well. And I had a disc jockey shift on the weekends. 
And the other part of this was when you have events in this small town, uh, you have to go cover them, you know, for the radio mm-hmm. station. You're a big part of the community. There's this real community broadcasting. And we had to cover the Men's Expo at the uh, at the warehouse in Spirit Lake, Iowa. And the Men's Expo is guns, tractors. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right? You want to talk stuff about men, man stuff. Menus, stuff men, men stuff menus right. out here, all right? Yeah. Let's get the equipment for the farms. Because, again, Iowa, big farming state. This, the, this town that I was in, big farming community. A lot of corn, as you might imagine. So, oh. like, you got to go cover it. So I was covering the Men's Expo, and people would be like, Adam, what's going down at the uh, at the Men's Expo? right now and i'd be like the new john deers guys they're coming they're, they're, they're coming they're they're green as can be as green as they've ever been you guys got to see how green these paint jobs are the motors and the horsepowers and the the tires and the wheels and axles and the suspension so smooth and uh you got to get one of these john deers back to you mary <laughs> so that was, that was one of my great. first well that was one of my first gigs and then uh, yeah i did cover a water polo match one of my first years at espn one of the rare times that water polo was on espnu i got called like two weeks beforehand be like hey harvard princeton water polo in jersey you're doing it the day i had a temple basketball game on saturday and both my producer and myself got roped into doing some water polo so i showed up i i, I read for two weeks i watched doc emrick highlights of him doing olympic water polo for nbc wrote down as many rules as i could i called one of the guys that i was working with and i'm like just teach me like i'm a child and we got to do harvard princeton water polo greg mescal still a good man good man uh in, in my life water polo is one of those olympic sports that i will sit there and just be no that's entertaining a fast sport you know I, i'll turn it on and think like ah, i'm not interested in this and then th- three hours later i'm still watching it <laughs> I've covered uh, one of my early assignments was, um, I guess, land polo, like actual polo. Oh, like on horses? horses? Yeah, I was in South Jeez. Florida. I did not cover a game or a match or a whatever they call it, but I covered, like, I was in South Florida, and they sent me out to, like, horse country in Wellington, Florida, and they're like, they're having the uh, the season kickoff polo luncheon on the polo grounds. Something as, one, as one does. Sure. I bet they do. Yeah. So I go out there and I'm covering uh, this. I'm having to come up with some story and they're doing speeches at this luncheon and I'm just kind of trying to like figure out who everybody is. And this lady gets up there and she with with complete seriousness, Adam, she's like she's talking about the great diversity they have in Polo in Wellington, Florida. And she's saying, listen, when you come to one of these matches and you look out in the crowd, you will see so many different types of hats. <laughs> oh no! And that's not, like proud. That's that not got a metaphor. That got, like, that's not a metaphor or a euphemism for something. We're talking physical hats. Yeah, just fancy hats. Yep. Okay. There's a lot of different kinds of fancy hats. A lot of fascinators for the for the women, oh. right? The, like they do at the derby. You, yes. You, you, you know. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Adversity. Adam Amin, do you uh, would you like to state your case as a real one? Do you want me to do a, a, a time where I was not a real one first or a time where I was a real one first? Your, your call, you know, dealer's choice, but, you know, we'd like a little bit of both. There's a little bit of bias toward you because I, I think these guys might know you a little better than I do, but we all like you. So we're all kind of like inclined to want to declare you a real one, but we're journalists. Russ sure. and I are journalists. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tone is just tone. 
Tony likes, yeah, Tony has some, just some weird Google searches that Tony, he goes Tony, on. Tony's just the, the aesthetic appeal of the show, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is, this is like, you know, this is official. Russ and I are going to be unbiased. And, right. and we'd like you to put forth, you know, an, an example on each side of the ledger here. Whatever sure. order you please. I, I, I want to get the one, the, the not a real one out of the way. So I'm, I don't think I'm a very good leader. I'm not a very good, I don't think I would make a very good boss. All right. The the very few times in my life I've been put into leadership positions, and I feel like I've skated by okay. Uh, my senior year of college at Valparaiso, I was the program director of the radio station, and I felt like that was fitting for me, right? I can maybe teach some people like some tools or some tricks and, and maybe get them comfortable on air. I'm doing all the scheduling and everything. We had a kid, local kid from Indiana. Uh, his name was Carl, big Bears fan, like like Chicago sports fan. Uh, enterprising kid, but was cocky, right? He was a little pretentious. He was a little cocky and at times could be a little bit abrasive, like would kick, he's a freshman, he's 18, 19 years old and had done radio in high school and had a, and he was, he had a nice voice and he had some polish and some good presentation, but he was pretentious in my estimation, right? And he would like kick people out of the production room and like, no, I got work to do. I have important <laughs> stuff going on. I have to do this report. And I'm like, come on, man. So myself and our my buddy Cameron, who is the GM of the of the station, one of my good friends to this day, uh, we were both like, we weren't outwardly like abusive to the kid, but we were very cold. And all I would hear was complaints about him. So we would just kind of like we kind of yelled at the guy, right? And I remember a few years back, some like. My, my actually my college professor who's also one of my best friends to this day he sent me a reddit thread where carl it was like a bears reddit thread and i think this is when i got the preseason job for the bears in like 2018 and it was carl like going off of like this guy was an asshole oh he ended no. my radio career he you know this and that and will like uh, like shitty things to say yeah and i could and, and at the time i was like Fuck this guy. Like, you were an <laughs> asshole when you were a freshman. You had no business being there. And I thought about it, and it killed me. It killed me. It kills me to this day that I wasn't a good leader, right? And listen, I'm 22 at the time. I'm a college senior. I'm trying to have a good time. I'm trying to get my resume tape. I'm trying to get my, you know, get, get a foot in the door. I'm trying to get a job. But, like, it just bothered me so much because it did not reflect positively on like whatever leadership, whatever on me as a guy, as a, as a person. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's a, it's a feather in my cap that there's only so many incidents in my life that I can look back on and be like, that was really shitty. But when you hold yourself, I, and I do, I, I, I hope it comes off this way. I hold myself to a fairly high standard, not only as a professional, but as a person, I want to be a good person. I want to be somebody that people like being around that they look up to in some sense or some way shape or form and i don't like like the role model idea because i'm a fucking asshole a lot of times that you know especially on the times that people don't see but it bothers me to this day that i wasn't like i didn't do what i was supposed to do in that position and that really pissed me off and i read that stuff and i was angry and then it sunk in and it it sticks with me even you know, five years later, you know, it still sticks with me at this wow. point. It's big. That's, that's very that's big. Deep. You got him. I mean, that is the first thing I thought is fuck Carl. 
He's probably watching this right now. Fuck you, Carl. No, for real. No. Like, he, he was, I wish I wish I had connected better with him. I wish I would have taught yeah. him. You know, I, instead of just mm-hmm. pushing him aside, what if I had taken a week and been like, all right, you're going to come to the office during hours and we're going to talk about this and we're going to turn this kid around. You're, you're talented. Mm-hmm. You've got a future in this if you want one, but you got to stop being an asshole. That's all I had to do. I could have just mm-hmm. said that to the kid, and maybe that would have changed a little bit of his trajectory or whatever. Maybe that would have helped him out in some way, shape, or form. So that's still like that's like a hey, if, know, a regret that sticks with me, you know. Hey, if 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 that experience like hindered him or stopped him from being a he wasn't made out for this business. That's what, that was my thing, Tony. He's like he ended my my radio career. I'm like ended your radio career that yeah, early as a freshman. As a right. freshman, college, yeah, as a freshman maybe, yeah, nah. Maybe nah. weren't meant for it to begin with. But I, I do think he went into radio. I, I don't know if he's still doing it, but I do think he went into it professionally and and all that. Like, but maybe I could have been like one of those people. Like since then, and even before that, like I've always tried to be. Like if if you're a young broadcaster and you email me, I don't get around to all of them. It's impossible, but I try to get around to as many as possible. Um, maybe I could have turned. Maybe I could have made him a star one day. You know, maybe that would have been like the the turning point. He would have been like the best guy to work with, and he would have had a phenomenal career. And I could have been a help to that or something like that. So it still just kind of sticks in my craw a little bit. Well, I think there's some wisdom in what you're saying. I, I don't think that you should live in regret over this, but I do think there's some wisdom in. Like one of the things that my mom taught me when I was a kid is you need to you need to weigh the merits of criticism no matter who it comes from. Sure. And I think the way that you're talking about this now, like that experience would inform the way I think you would handle that differently now. Absolutely. That's growth. I don't think you should live in the regret of what happened 15 years ago. But I do think that it's very mature to learn from those things, which it sounds like you have. I'd li- and I'd like to think, I'll give you the example of where I, I hope I am a real one in this case. Uh, I wanted to bring this because I thought Russ would appreciate this. Is as this going to be as, as deep as the last one? Because usually no. for not a real one, somebody comes in and they're just like, I ordered a light beer and they gave me a regular beer and I just took it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was like therapy what you were doing just now, which is I great. It was, it was a little bit of therapy right there. It's a, it's a, it's a little bit of trauma bonding for all of us, I guess. Um, I, I figured Russ would appreciate this more than anybody else. As a, as a man who has gone out of his way to try to speak the language of the people that he covers to make them feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, for years, you know, have, have attempted to and failed many times to learn and apply Spanish in like my everyday life. And I have a lot of friends that, that speak that are native Spanish speakers. So it's always nice to be able to see them and like try and fuck up a lot. But that's why you have good friends, right? They 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 encourage you and they correct you and you know again the Most things that I wasn't doing that effort. The, the, the effort things that I something. wasn't the, the things that I wasn't doing when I was 22 years old. You know they're doing for me now. They're they're encouraging and helping me learn. And Russ I thought you were going right. ebonics. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I've I've done a lot of study. All right, let me let me let me break down the things, and that's not going to be controversial at all. Let me tell you what I know about ebonics, and let me mansplain it. To he wants you here. to do that. Tony wants to lob that grenade, and have you fall? I, I will. I will not have the legend Adam of Eden fall in that trap. Me? You're not gonna mess up Adam's checks, Tony. <laughs> all that money that Russ thinks I make, I can't lose it. Exactly. <laughs> He'll do it to anybody, and then he will just sit there giggling and rubbing his hands together. Then we got to watch the, the Adam with the, the statement on Twitter. Hey, 
I just want to apologize to anybody I offended by my comments. Talk to me. Talk to me, man. I just wanted to be part of the culture. You know how it is. Tone will be the first one retweeting it with that uh that the gif of the guy uh shaking his head. And and only half the people are gonna see it on X now because you know X doesn't work right. anymore. So right. um but like I said, you know, I always respected that Russ went out of his way, and I was saying, I told him this at one point. I was like, that was really like cool of you, and, and you, it was inspiring to me. Like I'm gonna go out of my way. I'm gonna try. I spoke Spanish on on television with Freddie Peralta la- a couple weeks ago or last week, whatever it was, when when we had him on during a, a Brewers game, and he's like, oh, that's awesome. Like you're speaking Spanish, and I was like, estoy pra- uh, aprendiendo y practicando. Gracias por tu hospitalidad. And, it was, and he, just, he just appreciated it. And Freddie speaks very good English, and he spoke English the whole interview. But you could just tell, like, he, he and he's a good-natured man anyway, but he, like, lit up a little bit, you know, <laughs> like, just the, the connectivity here. So I'm very con- um, self-conscious about it because I'm still learning, and I'm, I never feel confident around native speakers uh, because I just feel like I'm going to look stupid. But there was a, a, a Bulls game that I was at where this older Spanish Spanish speaking woman came up uh, to us and just started speaking in Spanish and I would like I panicked for a split second and I'm like oh no I what am I supposed to do here like I'm not my brain wasn't firing <laughs> and then I took a deep breath and I could tell that she was saying she wanted to get a photo with Stacy with Stacy King so I and I'm not going to try to recreate the conversation because I'm nervous about it right now but like I I steadied steadied up and basically asked, do you want a photograph with Stacy? And she like, you could tell like she stopped for a second and like lit up. And again, this is an older woman who, you know, it has no expectation, I would think, at this moment. And like her face lit up. And I'm like, oh my God, it's happening. It's happening right now. It's, it's actually being applicable in, in real life. And I yelled to Stacy. I was like, Stacy, come here. And I said in Spanish to Stacy, and I think he understood it anyway, but it's like, uh, this woman would like a photo with you. And like the smile on her face when Stacy came over was just massive. It could have lit up the whole United Center. And the guy, uh, uh, her grandson, this guy behind her, came down and didn't say anything, but like met my eyes and was like, like gave me the nod. He's like, like you know, kind of pointed. And she got this. I took the photo with her and Stacy in the front row and gave her back her phone. And she gave me a big hug and said, you know, and said gracias and and like was so thankful. And it was like one of the best moments I've ever had. I legitimately one of the coolest moments I've ever experienced because, listen, my, my mom didn't speak Spanish. I was thinking about this today. My mom didn't speak or English, uh, Spanish. Uh, my mom didn't speak English when she came to the States in the mid 80s. And my dad was here for a few years. And then my mom came over with my brothers and she didn't speak English for like the first four years that I was alive. And then got started working in fast food. She worked at Long John Silver's and KFC and Brown's Chicken and all that stuff. And I saw a post about Brown's Chicken today. And I was like, I love Brown's Chicken because my mom used to work there and she would bring it home. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys have had Brown's Chicken. I certainly haven't oh, had it yeah. in a long time. Now, come on, Adam. That come shit on. was fire. As I a member of the community. Fried mushrooms. <laughs> the fried mushrooms at that joint were unreal. And the chicken was really good. And I would get jacked up when my mom would bring it. But she learned how to speak English in these jobs. And then eventually became like an assistant manager at these like fast food restaurants and then went off to like she's run businesses in her family and done real estate and restaurants and all this stuff. Like she's an incredible woman. So I, I, I felt that a little bit, you know, with this with this abuela that came up to ask Stacy for a for, for a photo. And that's it's that's a moment that'll stick out. And then I got a DM from the guy and he had said, like, 
I can't tell you how much I appreciate that you even took a little bit of time to try and connect in the same language. And like, I figured Russ would appreciate that because Russ was the, was one of the people that was very inspirational to me to try to like, even if you fuck it up, whatever, man, just like people do appreciate when you try to connect on a human level and, and, a, and on a language level with them. They really do. That's awesome, man. And I appreciate man, you saying that. Adam pushed all the buttons. He, he talked about his mom. He talks about helping out old ladies. <laughs> oh, he said, okay. Okay. Russ inspired trying, trying to bridge the gap between you and me. Somebody's listening to this right now. strategic for Tony. Tony's, Tony thinks, uh, you know, Tony doesn't like the way you're presenting all of this. He brought up Brown's Ooh. chicken. Like, he right, brown. Yeah, somebody, somebody's listening to this and be like, this motherfucker is <laughs> bullshit, saccharine ass. BS stories. I bet there's no abuela. This abuela <laughs> probably was no abuela. There was no DM. Yeah. There there tell, no more abuela. <laughs> tell more stories about Kyle or whoever the guy. The, the Carl. Was. Hey, oh, Carl. Fuck Carl. Fuck Carl. Right. Fuck Carl. <laughs> I'll just start saying that randomly now. Right, hey, next time I see any of you, if, if if I see you in the distance and you do and you don't see me, you're gonna hear in the back. Fuck off! Oh, and that's how you will know that I'm going to hear that yell to you, to you across the street. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's going to be yelling that on the, uh, the the upper concourse of Soldier Field. Well, like, they're oh, at that Bulls game. games. At Bulls throw that guy games. out. Oh, what's that to me? <laughs> Glad there's no Carls on, uh, on the Bulls. Why don't you make that, that your new catchphrase, Adam? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll go over very well. So right. Every time there's a home run. <laughs> all right, t- hey, Tony. About Carl Crawford? Let's go, dinosaurs. What's up, <laughs> Tony? You don't like all the prepared uh, statements from Adam Amin, even though they were very touching and deep and interesting yeah, I mean, and everything. They, Let's they go. Hit get, all, get him they, off balance. Here. Hit, ask him, a, ask him hit, a question. They hit all the notes of being a real one, right? Like all the things that we try and pursue here as as a show to be a real one. He hit all of those notes. It's like he's been listening to every single segment. And, 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 and like, sure. okay, this is, not, this, is this, where, this is where Chris Cody fucked up. Right. This is where Cody fucked up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like you've been watching ask you something then. Let's go. Um, well, I got to go to my age old one because this this one I think is is the is the best uh, indicator for me. It's right. my personal favorite, uh, Adam Amin. So you've been doing a lot of uh, sports broadcasting, and I assume baseball has been one of them. Um, so when you catch a foul ball, would you hand it to stranger child, or do you keep said ball? I've had foul balls come into the booth, and the easiest thing to do is just find a kid. Honestly, it's just it's. I think I think it's kind of like um, uh, an almost an unwritten rule, in my estimation, about being around baseball for the last you know ten to twelve years professionally. I've I've always longer than that now. This I'm fourteen, fifteen years almost. I uh, I feel like it's kind of an unwritten rule that you try to find a kid just to toss the ball to. The problem is like it happens so rarely where you get the ball in the booth. It's probably happened maybe two or three times, maybe five times at most in my lifetime. And the last time it happened, I overthrew the kid that I was supposed to, that I was I was like you, I like pointed at the kid. And it's not like I'm flinging the ball. I'm like it's just a a light toss. Light toss. And I yeah. overthrew the light toss. Did they get a shot of this? 
No, no, thankfully, no. <laughs> that would have been incredibly. <laughs> that would have been, been great. Worse. You would have been on the same side with Carl. If you don't like Carl, you'll definitely hate Adam. Fuck it. <laughs> like, like, that'll be. Fuck Adam. <laughs> okay, so oh, you're giving it to gosh. a kid. Tony strongly disagrees with that, so this is a story. Well, well, so I do want to hear why Tony disagrees with that. Unless, unless, Tony, unless you know, there's some shorty out there that you're trying to, like, you know. No, he just, uh, no, I'm not going to let him do this for half an hour. Like, he just is selfish. And what I don't really understand, Tone, is, like, what are you going to do with that baseball? You're a 30-year-old man. Like, you don't play pickup baseball. You're not You're not on a Little League team. Like, what are you going to mm-hmm. do with that baseball? That's just going to be lining it up with that, with that ball. Give it, give it, give it. If, if I'm giving to anybody, uh, I'm giving to a kid that I know, that I know is a good kid. I'm not giving to a random kid. What if that kid's a jerk? That kid might be a jerk. That's fair. That's that's that, that's, that's the risk you run. Thank you. That is the risk you thank run. You. That's the risk you run, though. That's part of the game, Tom. But do you want to be the bad adult that just kept it? That's the thing. Yes. You don't want to be that guy either. You want, no, you want to be Tom. Zach Hampel yes. out here taking balls away from small children that go into, yes. the, into the seats? Yes. I taught them a valuable lesson. You're dumping that thing at Goodwill <laughs> the next time you go. Like, you have no use for that. <laughs> go ahead, Russ. Uh, mine is a little bit more serious, Adam Amin. So... Okay. Let's say you are young broadcaster and you're reading off a statistic or fact about your team. <laughs> and then because of that, you get sidelined for just doing your job. Yep. What does a real one do? Unfortunately, you have to keep your mouth shut. You have to keep your mouth shut because you don't know how the people are going to react like you it's a big risk for something so stupid and i we all know what we're talking about here and i'm sure you guys have discussed this already but we all know what we're talking about we haven't but if you don't know the the 2 second version of it is that the Orioles play by play guy was taken off for referencing how poorly they've played against the rays over the last several years in the past Come, by the way, then, the Orioles then, who have played badly against everybody in the world for the last But are also the best team in the American League, so yeah. you shouldn't feel threatened by that. But it was totally harmless. Yeah. Was if you haven't harmless, heard it and, it was, and you it, don't want to go searching for it, I can tell you right now, it was the most innocuous, like, yeah, nothing completely. statistic that the guy said in the pregame show. He said ahead, for Adam. the last two years or three years, whatever it was, they've, they've won more games against the Rays this year. The Rays, by the way, have been one of the best teams in the American League for five years now. Mm-hmm. They've won more games against the Rays this year than the last – Three years combined. So that's what does that say? That's a positive, a positive stat. If you want about to look at it this way, season, right? about yeah. 2023. The reason so Adam, I know, but Adam, you apologizing for that? Then I guess you're I'm like going to apologize to keep the job I, or what? Kevin, Kevin hasn't apologized. I hope but Kevin hasn't publicly apologized. They took no, no, but the behind air. closed doors, I, I would imagine that's going to be part of this. Oh I, yeah, I think, you're right. I, I think you. Well, I mean, I'm fortunate because you, I, you know, a lot of us do have representation. And you tell your representation. I'm not saying a word. You tell me, and I, I would trust my representation to say, you tell me what I should do, but I don't feel like I should have to apologize for that. Because as has been proven throughout baseball by all these broadcasters, these Hall of Fame caliber broadcasters like Gary Cohen in New York, some of our favorite broadcasters, our boy Jason Benetti, who's very close with the Orioles play-by-play. Man, I'm close with him. He's one of my friends. And Wayne Randazzo stood up for him. Tom... Uh, uh, Tom McCarthy in Philadelphia stood up for him. Michael Kay in New York, and John Sterling and Susan Waldman in New York. They, everybody stood up for this guy. It's baseball Kevin Brown, stood up right? for him. What's yes. that? Kevin yes. Brown. Is Kevin Brown. Yeah. Correct. And baseball stood up for him. The Baltimore fans last night 
stood up for him. So if you want to know if somebody like that is a real <laughs> one, look at the company around Kevin Brown and see the support that he received immediately. It took no more than a day for this with this story out for the whole baseball community, broadcasters and fans alike, to rally up. So that tells you, if, if, if nothing else, that tells you Kevin's a real one because he's done his job at an incredibly professional level, at a very high level as well, has become a fan favorite with his, with his calls over the last two years specifically. He's been working for the Orioles for a while, but as the main guy essentially for the last two, two seasons and has had great calls all year during a phenomenal season. And all this does is make ownership look petty and small and makes the Orioles, who have been nothing close to relevant for a decade, look just as bad as they did before they started winning all these games. Yes. It, you lose so much credibility. Like, I know you're a company and you're trying to market and you're trying to whatever, but, like, you lose so much credibility. I, I hope I hope that because, again, again, I... I, I wouldn't. I, it would be hard for me to say something. I'm sure everybody has advised him not to say anything, as well, and and I don't think he was expecting it, but I hope that keeping his I, I, keeping his mouth shut basically and letting the sport do the talking for him. I can't wait till Friday, by the way, because I, I that dude is gonna get an ovation at some point. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but I bank on it that they're gonna give him like a standing O at some point on Friday when he comes back on the air. I hope, And I certainly hope that's the case, and I hope the Angelos family is looking very closely at that and listening very closely to that because they should know better. So he's back Friday? Yes, back yes. Friday. That's, that's, that's already known. Okay, I had not seen that recent update. They, I did see, though, Adam, that they were already kind of papering over this and saying, well, yeah, of course they were. suspension. We don't know what you're talking about. We don't know what you're, there was no happens. suspension. There was yeah, no suspension. Out. It's like, yeah, all right, We're not going to comment Fine. on a personal situation for him. Fine. So be it. You, you already you already made your bed. They already made their bed, and they're gonna have to lie in it anyway. And they're gonna look. Stu- they've already looked stupid. They're gonna continue to look stupid. And you know what? Kevin didn't have to say a damn word after this story came out. Didn't have to say a damn word to know that you yeah. know he's he's in the right here. Last question for you, Adam. I mean, to figure out if you are a real one or not. Will you give us a clear-eyed, real one assessment of Soldier Field, a place that you go to very often? Uh, the overhang in the broadcast booth sucks because you don't see uh, punts at a certain height. Hmm. The view itself that seems problematic that you can't see the ball during the <laughs> game. <laughs> and punting, you know, as a Chicago and like you know, punting is a big deal. Punting big is part of Bears history. Kicking, kicking, yep. very important at Soldier Field in many punting. capacities, as you know. Uh, but the view itself, very nice from from where we we sit in the media deck. It's a confusing place. Parking's not great, admittedly, <laughs> and uh, it's got two. It's a spaceship and uh, and a museum, all combined into one. <laughs> it's got. It certainly has its charms because of that. It's just a very confusing place. Have you ever seen what they feed the uh, the second tier media? The the people, not you, but us. <laughs> you and I eat the same thing. No. No. You're also eating Italian sausage from three weeks ago. Yeah, in a box. Oh, they bring it up, they bring it at halftime. Oh, no. They bring it at halftime. That's trouble. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. I've gotten better about just not eating at games. Like, yes, same. Not same eating here. in general at pre- in press boxes because, like, 
I, I had a physical today. I had to go to the doctor and like get blood work done and all that stuff. And basically, it's like, motherfucker, you're not 25 years old anymore. So I think... <laughs> Adam, Adam, almost everywhere else you go, and I covered the NBA and I covered the NHL, and this is true. Almost every one of these pro sports venues, Russ, you probably attest to this doing baseball. And I know it was definitely like this with the Marlins. Like everywhere else, they serve you some options. You go to the Vikings, you go to the Rams, like they serve you some things that you, you could eat. If you're a healthy eater and you want to eat a salad and you want to eat fruit and you want to eat like, you know, some kind of lean protein, it's there for you. But, but you also else. mentioned two stadiums that are brand spanking new. And and that's also part of that, too. Adam, I could so pick fun. one that's not. Stuck that's fair. No. That's fair. I well, okay, look, Green not. Bay. Green. If you go to Lambeau Field. They, they, they do got, a good job. They got the omelet bar in the morning. The fresh omelet bar. That's pretty good. You too. can get me with the omelet bar, man. The omelet bar is a winner. Yeah, my, top, my top five, I think, in, in, in the NFL, in every NFL stadium, is Tampa Bay. Philadelphia, Baltimore, Green Bay, Minnesota, I think are my top five. Atlanta has a pretty good setup in the in the new it's not new anymore, but in their stadium. Um one of my favorite things is some of these places, Dallas, maybe Atlanta, a couple other ones have a, a actual popcorn machine in the press box. And Old you can school. smell it. It smells like a movie theater in there. It's wonderful. The Bears also have a popcorn machine in the media dining area, but it is not plugged in. And it is not making popcorn. I've seen them. They bring in a black trash bag full of popcorn and dump it and into board, the top. Yep. Of it. Mm-hmm. Like, Here you go. Here's some slop for you, piggies. <laughs> hey, y'all, hey, y'all be in there eating. And about ten minutes after the game, uh, they they, they get it. They shovel back into the bag, and I'm guessing we see that That's again next nasty. week. That's I need to take one of those popcorns out there and like write my initials on it and put it back in. And see, if we, <laughs> see if we see it the next week. I gotta tell Adam and me this before we let him go because Adam, Jason told me this stat like a year ago. So since I was born in 1994, I as a Bears fan have seen more punts than any other fan base in the NFL. <laughs> Did mm-hmm. you go back and and compile? He went back I, to 1994. It, up, it might not still be true, but I looked it up. Like since uh-huh. Russ's actual date of birth, no fan. He, he would have seen more punts than any NFL fan. You know how sad that is, Adam. Adam, we sit where we sit in the the like writers' press box. There are fans right below us, and so we hear them like banging on the wall. And I, I can't even tell you how many times I've heard people kind of marvel. Not not like you know ridiculously, but they'll you'll hear them. They they appreciate a good punt here. Again, I, and <laughs> like, if I ever see oh, one. Yeah. In real time, I'll let you know. Yeah, you have to check the, <laughs> check the replay. All right, Adam Amin, we're going to figure out if you're a real one or not. Uh, you can find out with everyone else what we decided when this episode comes out Friday morning. Thank you for being here. Thanks, boys. Appreciate you very much. Bye, Adam. Bye, Adam. He's the perfect. He's perfect. I, I like. Yeah, it, it, I don't even know like, what to I say. Make you I mad. I he's don't... like the perfect broadcaster, the perfect yeah. hugger, the perfect guy. Uh, no, Adam Amin's a real one. I, I know. Um, just I just know. I know too much about Adam Amin, and then he added the stories to not say real one. I wish I, I wanted to come in today. Nah, my guy got a real one. Know too is. much about him in my heart. There you go. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what to say. Like even the the. You know my thing with the with the foul ball thing, like it's just so over. He left room. He no doubt, no doubt, home run, five hundred foot moonshot, Shohei Otani style, out of here. Like I, I don't know what to even come back. Why do you even his efforts to tonight? He might have. He might have had the first perfect game, probably, that we've had in. So, are you a real one? Really? Yeah. So not just a real one, but the realest one. 
He might be the so realest far. One. He might be the realest one. Like he might he be the number one ranked real one. Perfect. I game. will say, Goff came on here from another planet, answered none of our questions. No, he was vibing. He was and left vibing. and left <laughs> laughing. Go and left laughing. And I mean, he didn't answer a single question. And at the end of it, we're like, he's a he's a real one because he didn't answer. That's hard <laughs> hard to beat. Hard to beat. Adam Amin confirmed real one. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Russ, I'm going to need a workout plan. You feeling you wanna you wanna get you wanna get swole tone? It was uh I, I think I may need more stamina things. Like I was excuse me? I was uh <laughs> he's only going I, one round uh, these days. Oh uh, I don't know if Russ can I don't know if Russ has a plan to help you with that. Uh, no, uh we went to uh me and my wife, we went to our uh checkup uh for the baby. And there's a certain number that the baby is supposed to move around every time they start moving. And she's far exceeding that. And I'm like, if this is any future indication, indication of what's going to happen when she's able to walk and running. run, I'm like, I need to get in shape. And no, I got I, you, Stephanie was laughing at me a little bit and I'm looking at her dead serious. I'm like, I got to be able to keep up. It's <laughs> a wake up call for Tony that his unborn child is in better <laughs> shape than he is so when's, when's the last time you hooped on oh i haven't hooped in 2017 yeah you might have to start hooping again so it's the knees yeah. man and, and you know what else too and it's something that i haven't maybe i need to go to therapy for this though it's like i'm angry but i can't play and dominate like at I the did. level yeah right at the level that i that i once did and it's like what's the point like if i can't dominate like i was on both ends of the court it's like this is useless to me yeah like uh it's just annoying that i know what's happening and i know how to stop something i know how to get around something i know how to like i have all this stuff in my brain 
but I can't physically do it anymore. And that's very, very frustrating for me. I can, I definitely can understand why you feel that way. But I just think if you're looking to get in a little bit of shape, start burning, you know, burning calories again, I ain't telling you to go out there with the young boys and play full no more. Oh, no. Right? No, that's, that's, because you know what's crazy? You cannot do that. Pre, Pre-COVID, I was doing that twice a week. I have not done it since, and I don't think my I can. And I'm in really good shape. I just don't think, mm-hmm. because once you stop, it's like, ah. You can, but you, I mean, like, if you got hurt or something, you know, I hope you don't, but, like, you'd be okay, you you know, but but you can't be managing kids and stuff when you're hurt. Here's the problem. Like, like when we I have a friend that's our age, a mom that, that uh, tore her ACL. And she's like a former college. That rules the whole player. family. That she's going around on a school. Whole house, whole house, fuck the whole house. No, I'm not kidding, man. I'm not kidding. Like it would be inconvenient and difficult for you, but you would be okay because you don't yeah. have a bunch of people in the house that are depending on that. But right. if that happened in our house, if that happened to my wife, I, I just would move. I would just have to leave. Like I can't do this. <laughs> that's that's so true. That true words have never been spoken because that that last time I played last year. That that competitiveness started to creep up. We were starting to lose, and I'm like, man, dog, like I I don't want to be like it's like the Mike Tyson, right? I miss I miss him. I miss the beast. I miss like that's what I feel when I play basketball. But I know I can't get to that space because once I get to that space, like all caution has been thrown to the wind, and I got to go to work the next day, and I got to take care of a family, so I got to weigh the risk. That's my that's my thing. Like with hooping now, like my fear is. It's less the getting hurt, but it's more like the toll my body takes. Cause when I hooped, I was like a, the rebound guy. Like I could jump oh. really high. I grab all the boards. Give me oh, that, yeah. right? Like, and I'm strong. Yeah. And like, bro, I'd get home after hooping and be like, my body is beat the f up, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm not like I'd come up with cuts on my arm and I'm limping. My mom's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I was hooping for two hours and it was great, but like my body hurts. I'm not doing that right now. I'm sorry, I promise you, I'm not. When we lived in Gainesville, we would play some me and some of my friends, and we were all about the same age. We were all like thirty. We would play with college kids that we knew full court, and like it's fun during the time when you're playing. But then the next day, like every time you get out, every time you try to get up out of your car, you got a problem. Would you do a half court tone? Could you do? I'll do a half court. Yeah, I'll do a half court. Yeah, that full court. You can still. Every time time I look at a full court now, I'm like, did the courts get bigger? (laughs) that's what happened (laughs) I was like I don't remember the court being this this, this big like is this two courts this gotta be two courts right it's gotta be two courts I get get what they did they spread it out because they don't want quiet they they, they spread it out where you you can can get half courts right 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 it's gotta be two courts and then I'll be seeing people I'm like man I am I am everybody's faster it's crazy because as a young and I say as a young person at 28 but like dog Get it? Like I, that's how I t- I tore my Achilles hooping. Mm-hmm. Now, when I started like hooping like regularly, I was in way better shape. It was years mm-hmm. after, but it's just like, bro, you're playing for two hours. Mm-hmm. Full. It's just all right. Run it back. Right, all right, run it back. back. Who got next? Mm-hmm. Run it back. Yeah. Now nah, we got next. It's mm-hmm. bro. You're doing that for two plus hours, mm-hmm. multiple times a week. I was probably in the best shape of my life when I was hooping twice mm-hmm. a week. Same. We would do that at night, like in college, and then go out. Right. Seriously, man, we would do that till about nine and then get back for dinner at like 
10 and then out for the night till whenever. Like, that just. That, dare sounds one like some, to... that sounds like somebody else's life at this point to me. I can't. Yeah, because you, you, I'm either going out or I'm hooping. Like yeah. both, I'm, my body says yeah, only one, <laughs> only one per week too. Yes. <laughs> Russ, let's do the news. All right. Uh, some golf news for you. Okay. I know that you have taken a recent interest in golf. Uh, mostly just all the uh, the infighting the between spice. the PGA Tour yeah. and Live, and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. died down now. But uh, world number one John Rahm has a suggestion for improving golf. And he, he's, you know, he's number one. I just said it. He's good enough that they should probably listen to him. This is not about rule changes. This is not about Live. This is not about more money. And he's very, very serious about this. Let's hear what John Rahm would like the PGA Tour to address. And now, Tony Gill reads. Hey, what's wrong with y'all, man? Y'all ain't called me in a minute. Where y'all been at? I low-key was about to say, we ain't had Tony Gill with glasses on in a month of Sundays. Like, Come it was pre-summer pre- we- vacation last time we seen him. I, I, I'm almost done with my PhD at this point. Really? Like, I've been I've been working on my skills PhD and honing. And, and, hey, you know, it's all about getting better. I got to get 1% better. Tony Gill talking about getting 1% better. Tony Gill with glasses is all about getting 1% better. You feel me? You understand me? I mean, he did that. His glasses are on straight today. So he, he straight might be now. Right. Let's go. That's 1% better, yes. That is 1% better. Come on. Face me all off the side. <laughs> hey, I'm not vibing no more. Come on. All right. Here we go. John Ram, the top ranked golfer Fellas, in the world. What's up? Yeah. Hey, that's, that's the old me. Old Tony with glasses come in. High as hell. That's. That's the old man. That's the old man. You guys you know. got some pizza? Y'all got the hair on? <laughs> I ain't go that far now. Come on. Come on. John Rom. Ram. Rom. Is he Rom. related to Rom? Rom Manuel? Yes. The same same guy, actually, Tone. Huh. Cool. The top ranked golfer in the world on a major change in PGA needs to make. <clears throat> I can tell you right now. Right now. My priorities are a lot lower than what a lot of people would think. I know this is going to sound very stupid, but have a freaking porta potty on every hole. It sounds crazy, but I can't choose when I have to go to the bathroom. I've told the tour this many times. As simple as that. Seems like I a feel, simple enough request. I feel that boy got pay pay. Listen, dog. Like, because what, what do you? What do you? You have to run all the way back to the clubhouse to go to the bathroom. Or you just gotta hold there, more there, pee on yourself. There's occasionally porta potties out there, and but not at every hole. And there are like permanent bathrooms as well. I saw one year I was covering Doral, and I saw Sergio Garcia. They don't have a lot of time because they they're doing this like between shots or mm-hmm. between holes. So he runs to the bathroom, and somebody's in there. Someone's in the men's, so he just goes in the women's because he's got to go, yeah. and like they're not yeah. gonna just wait for him. One of my first assignments back when I was an intern for the Daily Herald, this was in 2005, was covering the Western Open. And I don't know if that exists anymore. It's called something different or whatever. But I had never covered golf, and they wanted to give me something easy enough probably to do uh, without having to totally understand golf. 
one way or another, the way it fell, and I think I was like 20, was my assignment was just to cover Tiger Woods' round. So you don't have to track everything. You don't have to be on top of anything other than him. Just stay with him, 18 holes. Pretty good first golf assignment. But it was hot as could be. It was middle summer, hot as could be. Russ made the mistake when he first met Barry Rosner. (laughs) Fully clothed and sweater and trying to be fancy at this golf club. Yeah. I was not dressed like that. I was wearing, I was dressed like for summer, but I'm, I got these cargo shorts on and they're just loaded with bottled waters because I'm like, it's going to be really hot. And so I'm just drinking through these and then I got to go to the bathroom and it's like, I see there's a, a porta potty up for the next hole. So I'm like, I'm going to skip the, the putting here and just run up ahead and use that. And I'll be ready to pick up with the group again when they get going on the next hole. So I do. And then Coming out of the porta potty, this is the punchline. There's no great story to this other than this. The you never expect when you are opening the door to come out of a porta potty that the person waiting there, standing right there waiting to use it next, would be Tiger Woods smiling at you, just waiting to use it next. Great first gig. Great first gig. Do you call him Mr. Woods? No. I don't call him Mr. Mr. Woods or anything. I'm an adult. I'm sorry, Mr. Woods. Hey, you you respect that man, all right? Mr. Woods. I do, but I do. Excuse me, Mr. Eldrick, sir. (laughs) Russ, Sportico released their annual NFL team valuations. Would you like to take a guess at and see if you can land uh, a team in the top three here? Most Uh, Dallas Cowboys, number one. Number one. You are correct. Uh, Let's go for uh, Green Bay Packers, number two. Nope. Interesting. Uh, Top three. 49ers? They were top 10. I don't have the full list in front of me. They were top 10, but not top three. Top, okay. uh, number one is Dallas at $9.2 billion, then the Giants at $7 billion, and the Rams at $6.9 billion. The Bears are eighth at $6 billion. So, How like, do Giants make that happen? And New York, bro. Uh, <laughs> New York. They, they might, they might but they're not. They're in Jersey. Yeah. History. New that's why I thought the Packers. That's why I thought the Packers would be there. A lot, of, a lot of this has to do with stadium. Uh, the Chiefs on those lines of stadium. The Chiefs are nineteenth at four point five billion. The cheapest you could buy an NFL team for is you could buy the Bengals for four billion. That's crazy, considering uh, they've been making AFC championship games left and right. That's now. Why, that's why I'm surprised that the that's Chiefs are so low. Though. All mm-hmm. things considered, like you have the best quarterback in the NFL. And you could afford to give him five hundred million dollars, like, and you're only thirteenth. You said uh, the Chiefs were nineteenth. Nineteenth. That's that's low way down there. Now that's the valuation. I'm sure they're not selling mm-hmm. it to you for that. No, no, no. or at all. Russ, the uh, I want to tell you about a fishing trip story. This is a, a fishing trip in Florida. The mayor of Tampa, Florida, was fishing in the Florida Keys. So if you know your Florida geography, she you know she's on the Gulf Coast, but she's mm-hmm. down with some family fishing in the Keys in the Atlantic. And she caught some. Uh, she caught some lobsters. It's, it was it was lobster season, uh, but she caught a little something else too. While on the boat, Tampa Mayor Jane Castor spotted a seventy-pound bundle of cocaine floating in the water. Mm. U.S. Border Patrol says the street value of that would be one point one million dollars. She is a former uh, Tampa police officer, and she said that's how she was able to recognize what was in the water, even from a distance. And uh, so they, they got that, turned it in, and resumed their fishing trip and caught 60 lobsters. Hey, hey keep it a buck, though. 
Yes. Do you find the the cocaine that's vert street value one point one million? What y'all doing? You're alleging that uh, maybe there was it was eighty pounds when they found it. I'm asking if it's the value that they said. What are you doing with it? I'm getting rid of it. I'm not. I'm not going to be in that game. That's not. I'm not equipped to do that. What am I going to do? Sell it on Amazon? Like I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't know the ins and outs. I mean, I could watch the wire again, right, and, and figure it out. But it just seems like a lot of work, a lot of stress, a lot of unnecessary stress. And you know, all money ain't good money. You know, like maybe if somebody was like, "Hey, I can, you know, I can sell this for you, and then just give you the money like afterwards." Like I'll be down, maybe. But yeah, me myself trying to be a, a keen pin real fast. It just seems like a lot of, lot of risk. Well, you're not a real one, Tony. And Russ so, is because Russ. Would, I, Russ would I, do. I'd be I'd be lying to you if I didn't say. I know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that know how to bust it down. So, <laughs> like, I'm not going to be doing the busting down. I'll just be like, hey, dog, I know what this worth on the street. Give me about 70, 75% of that. It's yours. And I'm out. And you'll never high. see me again. I don't think you're getting 75% if you just want to hand it off and have nothing. It's like, how about, how about you give us, uh, uh, how about you just give us all of it and we give you no money? Here's this gun. How about that? It's on a picture it happened. So, right. It's so, on at the end of the day, they got it. <laughs> they got it. Right. But Russ what is going to say, take the chance. At least. Like, I'm going to hell no. Nah. That's my drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Wait, yeah. you got a big dog. You got it. Bro. If yeah. it's, if it's worth 1.1, I'd be like, Hey bro. Get slimy hundred bands. Y- y'all got it, bro. Mm. They'll probably be like, "Shit, all right." You know, that's good. Like a song that's about good. uh running off on running off on the plug. No, that song doesn't apply there. No, <laughs> I'm not running off on nothing. Uh, please make sure that I never get subpoenaed at any point and have to, you know, <laughs> reference the details of this conversation. Obviously, it's hypothetical, Jason. You scaredy cat. <laughs> Obviously, it's hypothetical, unless it really happens. He's <laughs> such a scaredy cat. My man talking about the subpoena for a hypothetical. Did you guys see the uh, the Cardi B controversy last week? I, I wanted to get the to old this. Mike the throws? Yes. Yeah, we, yeah. We did not get to this, but she was performing in Vegas. It was a million degrees, like it always is, and she asked the crowd to throw water on her. Uh, dangerous request, I would say. But then uh, somebody threw some ice at her, and she did not like that, understandably. So she threw the mic at the person, hit him. Cardi B's got, you know, she's a 99 on accuracy. Yeah. Uh, it also bounced off and hit another person. Yeah. And that person wanted to press charges, but she, Cardi B was cleared of all that. And the latest on that story is that the production company that supplied all the equipment put the mic up for auction on eBay, I believe it was, and it sold for $99,000. All right. All right. But see, here's my thing. If I'm the person that got hit, I'm definitely keeping the mic and then selling it. Like, I think there's a missed opportunity. I don't think they got it. I think security must have gotten it. Well, clearly, it's a missed opportunity. You got to move quick. And finally, Russ, this is a wild story. Okay, let me buckle up. Wild story. A 64-year-old grandma in Texas survived a poisonous snake attack in a way that you will never believe. This is according to uh, KPRC. That's an NBC affiliate in Texas. Peggy Jones of Silsby, that's in West Texas near Beaumont, 
was doing yard work when a four-foot snake landed on her arm out of nowhere. She's on the riding mower. She's Adam Adam Amin was talking about the John Deere's, and this is what she was riding around on. And this four-foot snake lands on her arm. It coils around her arm, and it starts striking at her, like attacking her in other places. And it's just getting tighter and tighter on her arm. She's trying to shake this thing off, and it's just making it more and more angry, and it's just attacking her. It's attacking her. It's squeezing tighter and tighter, and she yells, she, she, she starts screaming, Jesus, help me. A hawk swoops down and starts attacking the snake while it's wrapped around her arm. The hawk makes like four separate dives before it finally rips this thing off and flies away with it. Interesting. She got saved from a snake attack by a hawk attack. So now, my, granted, my, though, the snake might have come from the hawk originally because she was not near any trees. And it's like very likely it. that the hawk dropped this thing and then went back for it, but still. Mm. Good for that lady. Here's my, here's my question. Like, did the hawk take a chunk of the lady? Because I feel like a hawk would have a hard time finding the accuracy yeah. to just get the snake and all this. Great question. Great question. Uh, yeah, a hawk probably does not have, like, surgical precision when it's removing a snake from your arm. So this woman's arm, I saw a picture of it, and you should not. It is all, like bruised and cut up it got i think she got bit on the arm by the snake it's got talon scratches on it uh she had to go to the she's okay she's fine overall but she did have to go to the hospital and when she's telling this story to the doctor they asked her immediately they asked her and her family like what drug is she on right now because they did not believe the story that she survived the snake attack because of a hawk attacking the snake but she's got yeah the arms got you know it's all bloodied and it's got bites and she said that she thought she had, they didn't test it, but she thought she had snake venom on her glasses. Like, you know, like, the, yeah. like that uh, Tony Gill with glasses wears. There was mm-hmm. some kind of liquid on there that could have been snake venom. Um, but she she survived it all thanks to uh, God. Hawks swooping down. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? That's the news. Hmm. That was a... Uh... It's quite the story to finish. 64. She's a grandma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for her. Glad she uh, got to keep the arm. Um, We'd like to thank the multi-talented Adam Amin for stopping by for all your real one this week. That was a lot of fun. The big homie. homie, He is the big homie. Found out that he is indeed a real one. Uh, And for just for anybody out there that only caught Tony's part, way more money than I have, Adam Amin. Way more. (laughs) Like It's not even close. I'm of the four of us on this call on that call. I'm like number four, and like oh, could be number five. Come on, stop. stop. No, no, no. Um, we got to keep the lights on here. But before that, Tony, how's things in the Git department going? Week one, Jeez. the Git department. Oh, uh, Git department going very, very well. People are signing up. You know what time it is? <laughs> got to get in that butt. <laughs> this is, uh, if you didn't hear last week's episode Tony wanted to branch out our podcasting company into proctology uh, Tony by the way I, I wanted to let you know I have had people talk tell me about the uh, the young dude cast and really mm-hmm. enjoyed the conversation that we had so yeah, I appreciate you, know. you having that with me uh, mm-hmm. Tony is presented by Sheets and Giggles go to sheetsandgiggles.com forward slash SA to get 23% off your next purchase by using promo code SPORTS, that is promo code SPORTS for the softest sheets money can buy. Please help out Colin and our friends over there at SheetsGiggles.com. Promo code there is SPORTS. SPORTS Jason also brought to you by BetMGM. 
You get the BetMGM app. You can place any bet up to $1,000. And if you lose, you get that money back using promo code ADJACENT1000. That is ADJACENT1000. Football season coming up fast and furious. We're already in week week Mm -hmm. two. Well, week one, technically a preseason. Week Mm -hmm. two for the two teams to play in the Hall of Fame game. So the season going to be here before you know it. BetMGM, the king of sports books. Jason, Tone, anything for the fine folks go this week? Tone, I am actually, you're a basketball guy, and so I thought this would be a good question for you. I am actually missing the Bears preseason game this weekend because I am covering the Basketball Hall of Fame induction in Massachusetts Mm -hmm. because Dwayne Wade is going in. Mm -hmm. Chicagoan, I covered him when he was with the Miami Heat. What, I, I, I don't feel like the people in Chicago got an accurate look at what Dwayne Wade was like when he was on the Bulls. That's not the Dwayne Wade that's going in the Hall of Fame. What did you appreciate about Dwayne Wade's career as a basketball aficionado? Um, Man, like, he was Kobe East. And, like, as, as good as Kobe was and how much of a marquee player Kobe was, uh, Wade was Kobe East. And he was the only one really in the East that could stare down LeBron in the face and be like, I'm here with you, my boy. Uh, his explosiveness, um, his IQ, like Dwayne Wade is probably the third or fourth greatest shooting guard in NBA history. And uh, I probably won't even debate that with people. Like, I, uh, that's that's, I, that's it. I felt it was laughable over the last couple of days seeing uh, the James Harden is better than Dwayne yeah, Wade. I think stu- that's yeah. laughable. Stupid. Stupid. Laughable. Like, I think people forget about uh, young Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. 060 Wade might have had the best finals performance that one of the best we, finals yeah. performances we've ever he was seen. Jordan. Uh, bald Wade <laughs> was an yeah. absolute dog in the Olympic Wade. Olympic yeah. Wade was nasty. My man said, give me the baldy. And it started dropping like 38 a game. <laughs> and locking people up. And locking people up. D-Wade is is an absolute all-time yeah. great. Mm-hmm. He was – it was interesting because he was not known ever as a good defender. And I thought of this because you brought up James Harden. He was known as kind of a disinterested defensive player a lot of times. But Dwayne Wade in the last five minutes of any game – or in the fourth quarter of a playoff game, as good a perimeter defender as you could find. Like mm-hmm. when he, when it was necessary, and he was pretty open about this. Like, I don't need to do that all the time. But mm-hmm. game on the line, like you're gonna have a problem going against Dwayne Wade. And 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 his understanding when, in order playing with LeBron, like, hey, this dude is different. Like I gotta take a step back. Like being smart enough and humble enough to say, hey, I want to win, and this guy is better at basketball than me. I need to take a step back. Like, that's a lot of wisdom, and I thought that I I gave D-Wade all that respect in order to make that work down there in Miami. So, shout out to him, man. I appreciated the uniqueness of his game. One of the things I loved about covering basketball that I think is different than any other sport is how much correlation there is between personality and the actual way that you play. The way that Dwayne Wade played was similar in a lot of ways to his actual human personality. And in both, he was his own guy. He did not do things like everyone else did. He did not get all the way up the scoring list or all the way up the all-time two-guard list doing it the same way that the other guys did. He was never a three-point shooter. 
even at a time he he was the guy making it work in the mid-range when no one said you could do that anymore and did it into his mid-30s. My favorite my favorite Dwayne Wade moment or one of them was we were covering a game the Heat were playing in Oklahoma City I think it was and it was his birthday and he was turning like 35 or something like that and everybody in the locker room was giving him a hard time because he's probably other than Udonis Haslam the oldest guy on the team at that point and we're in there for open locker room the media before the game and he makes some comment like well at least I'm you know still younger than all these guys all of us and one of the other I wasn't going to say anything I was going to let that go but one of the other reporters goes now actually Jason's younger than you still and Dwayne Wade was horrified (laughs) to learn that could not believe that. <laughs> All-timer. I, I'll never forget that. It was against the Bulls, but that shot he made, game winner down in Miami, where he stole the ball on the the, 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 the great John Salmons. John Salmons pisses me John off. Salmons. Pisses, me off. John pisses me off. That was what they they gave us, Tone. And he stole from John Salmons, 3-2-1, like Euro at the, at the free throw line, a little floater from like 20 feet out. It was, and then he stood on the scores table. This is my house. Mm-hmm. Legendary. You cover a lot of people, and you'll you already have Russ, and you will continue to cover a lot of people, and you have a great appreciation for the people that are excellent, truly excellent at what they do, and that was a cool part of my career, my sports writing career, to cover Dwayne Wade in Miami. All right, all right, for Jason Leisure. That's Tony Gill. Russ Dorsey, we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.